0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortolinish podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, co creator of Breaking Lines. Obviously, we've had to take a long break from Cortolinish as I've been in Portugal for the last month. But uh, now that I am back in the States, I am very happy to uh, resume our podcast on Portuguese football. And we've got a phenomenal guest today, uh, Pedro Barata, a journalist for Expresso, making his second appearance. Uh, on the podcast, how are you, How are you today, Pedro?
1: I'm uh, great. Zach. Thanks for having me, and thanks as well for uh, having spent a great month here in uh, in uh, Portugal. It was great having you here.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, it was a real pleasure to be in Portugal, and you know, I, I I'm already starting to miss it. Jaten you saw that, just, but you know, definitely hope to be back soon. And uh, above all, just incredibly happy to be back with the podcast it's been pretty busy it's been a pretty busy week for me accepting money from benfica to spread anti-sporting propaganda but uh i've i've had the i've finally had some free time for my busy job with benfica so
1: you are, um, you, you are home, but you have the, the full pockets right now.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The full pockets. I've already got enough money to get a return ticket to Lisbon. So, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the biggest story in Portuguese football right now is Benfica's match against Belen Anshad, which I think it definitely says a lot about Portuguese football, that the biggest game is something that the biggest headline is something that frankly should never have occurred. And in my opinion, was an absolute disgrace. Um, for those of you who do not know, who have been living under a rock, Belen Saad's squad uh, was practically decimated due to a outbreak of COVID-19. The league did not delay the match. And Ninch Saad was forced to play with nine players. Much all of whom were you know B team players playing with I believe a goalkeeper at right back with obviously just nine players Uh, Benfica taking a seven nothing lead at halftime Belenenses coming back to the pitch on the second half uh, with just seven players one player got quote unquote injured and uh, they had to abandon the match Pedro what 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 is your takeaway from this game
1: I mean there are lots of things that be said, I believe that the 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 headline should be that it was uh, one of the worst moments in recent Portuguese football history. We have had lots of not good moments. Uh, I remember uh, Unión Deleguía uh, also started the match with eight players ten years ago. Um, we have had lots of situation with uh, justice. Uh, but this is a new uh, new low for Portuguese football, and um, the news about match quickly uh, spread around the world. It was uh, this graceful image for our football, and I believe that it shows clearly, clearly how fragile is our football and how this pandemic. Uh, is almost two years and there is yet this, uh, this inability to deal with it, to plan, to have, uh, um, to have protocols that can prevent this kind of, of stuff. And yeah, the image of um, the kickoff with uh, nine players in one half of the pitch uh, is one of the toughest images that I remember from Portuguese football and one of the worst. Uh, uh, promotions that uh, the Portuguese game could have.
0: Yeah, obviously, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but it, it really was a disgraceful moment. So, so yeah, un- very unfortunate. And you know, we we will see what what happens. Some interesting games coming up that we still have have yet to watch. Uh, today we will see Estoril Praia, one of the biggest revelations of the season, going up against Santa Clara. Very excited to see that. Tuesday, we've got a, a uh, matchup between two northern side Braga going up against Vizela, um, and Friday, of course, we've got Porto and Sporting. I think two teams who have done the most business uh, with um, amongst each other in in the league over the past few years, and of course, the big one, Benfica going up against Sporting um, on Friday. So, it you can't say that. I mean, technically, it is a fact that Benfica have scored thirteen goals in their past two games. But obviously, uh, that last game did not really count. You know, I, I think that it probably should have just been awarded as a three-nothing win for Benfica. I don't know what 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 will happen with that, but uh,
1: well, uh, in theory, yeah, if the result is uh, bigger than a 3 which was the case, uh, the result keeps uh, it. I mean so the 7-0 seven, the seven will be the final uh, result uh, if if it would have been 2-0 uh, for example the result uh, the official mm-hmm. uh, score would be 3-0 but as if as uh, it was a 7 uh, it uh, will be the 7-0 the official result
0: got you okay what is your expectation though going into the derby going into uh, this massive match on Friday between Benfica and Sporting. Sporting currently level with Porto atop the league table with 32 points. Benfica, on the other hand, uh, with 31. So, you know, absolutely massive game um, that, that has huge implications for the title. Talk to me just just about the Benfica aspect of this match. Uh, yeah. What's your expectation?
1: Yeah, the huge, huge match... Uh derby eterno, like the eternal derby, the, I would say the most important uh, match in Portuguese football. Uh, yes, for Benfica, it's the beginning of a uh, month of December, full, full, full of really important decisions. I mean, uh, in January, we might be talking about Benfica. that is either in a crisis or in a huge moment, because during this month of December, they start with this derby, then they will have Dinamo here to decide if they um, if they continue in the Champions League. And then they play Porto twice, once in the league and another in the de Gual in the Cup. So it's the, it's like the kickoff of a huge uh, a few weeks for Benfica. And yes, I believe that more than that, it's also a really important test to see Whether Bifica is out of the crisis of October, November, or not, because as as you remember, Bifica started this season really, really well, winning all the matches in the league, uh, beating Barcelona, and then uh, after that, at three 0 against Barcelona, uh, they had a run of of really bad games. Uh, They lost at home against Sporting to heavy defeats against Bayern. They couldn't uh, win. Against Sturil in the league and against Guimarães in the uh, Taça da Liga. Uh, yes, but after that, they uh, had those heavy results against um against, Prague, against Passos. Obviously, this past game that doesn't really count. So, this is the game that will tell us if, is, uh, uh, if the problems that the FIGA had in October, early November, are something of the past, or if the team still lack that consistency. And I believe that Benfica will be the team with more, with more pressure ahead of this match because there is still that, mm. that idea that last season was a really bad season for Benfica. And uh, if they don't win, and mainly if they lose, the gap will go to four points. The pressure will be really intense ahead of this December month. That is also important for Jorge Jesus' side. So lots of pressure um, in Benfica's um, shoulders for uh, this
0: derby. Absolutely, big news coming out of Sporting uh, today. is Lina, you know, obviously one of the best midfielders in Portugal and a regular at this point. For Fernando Santos de Celestao, picking up a muscle injury in the posterior region of his right thigh and end up, end up missing Friday's match against Benfica. Hopefully, not too many more matches, but uh, does not look good for him. Just how much of a blow uh, do you think this is for for Sporting? And um, obviously, it seems Mateus Nunes will keep his place in midfield. Would you expect? Manuel Ugarte or Dan- Daniel Braganza to start in Paulinho's place.
1: It's obviously a, a huge blow mainly because if you if you uh, think about this Ruben Amorim inside for those for this past year and a bit more 14 months so so um, João Pellini is one of the main men that comes to your head I would say that probably coach in the defense, Pelinha in the midfield and Pot Pedro Gonçalves uh, in the attack are like the three more important players or at least the three uh, big uh, uh, big profiles or more important profiles for uh, Ruben Amorim and, and obviously Pelinha for um, how he uh, for his physicality for his capacity to, um, uh, to cover the, the midfield He's a really really uh, uh, important player, and when M- said yesterday that uh, without him, the team has to play a little bit differently because they don't really have uh, a player like him uh, in the squad. Um, and yes, as you as you as you said, probably a month out, three, four weeks out, so he's out for this uh, probably or uh, almost for sure. Is out for the derby, and uh, yes, um, Mourinho said that uh, who will play uh, with Matheus Nunes will for sure be or Pregansa or Ugarte. If I had to bet right now, I would bet on Ugarte because um for two or three reasons. The first one would be that in some moments that uh, this season that were not many but in some moments this season that Obena Mourinho had to replace Cainha for example against Dortmund he put Ugarte ahead of Braganza and in some matches we can mm, think that um, that he prefers Ugarte ahead of Bragança that is one reason the other one would be that maybe Ugarte is a bit more similar to Pelinha than Bragança. Uh, some people say that Bragança lacks physicality or can steal the ball or recover the ball as well as Pelinha. I really believe that Ugarte, for example, recovering, bo- uh, that Braganza, sorry, recovering the ball is a really, really good midfielder. Uh, he has uh, the technical knowledge, he has the intuition to steal the ball, but and uh, Ugarte uh, has a physical profile more similar to, um, to Palinha. Uh, and one last reason would be um, that uh, I believe that last year Fregas and Matheus played together in the Luz. It wasn't really, really well because that lot of monsters uh, have passed. Matheus Unes is a completely different player but Morim may... Remember uh, that match and prefer uh, Ugart. I believe that is a really, really uh, a close race, uh, a tight race between Bragança and Ugarte, But I would bet for the uh, player from Uruguay to to, to play with uh, Mateus Nunes in this in this big match.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that Ugarte will end up starting alongside Mateus Nunes. Sporting picking up a two nothing victory against Condela Viegos from Pablo staravia and Paulinho just a few days after uh, qualifying for the knockout round for the UEFA Champions League. Uh, so within a week, Ruben Amorim not only qualifies his team for the round of 16 uh, of the Champions League, you know, edging the likes of uh, Borussia Dortmund and Besiktas, but also becoming the first Portuguese manager to reach 50 victories in the Primeira Liga in the quickest amount of time. Just sixty-five games, uh, absolutely incredible, no doubt. Will be very interesting to see how he shapes up his team against Benfica. Um, so, and and obviously, you know, not not the best performance from Sporting, but enough to get the job done, the clean sheet and a comfortable victory to keep them on pace with Porto and Benfica. Uh, the final match, though, of of the weekend. Obviously, we have still got two games coming up. Uh, between Storio and Santa Clara and Braga Vizela. But uh, Porto going up against Vitoria de Guimaraes um, at the Stadio do Dragao. Um, Vitoria taking the lead in the 36th minute from a penalty uh, from Marcus Edwards. Porto uh, equalizing just seconds later via an absolutely phenomenal goal from Luis Diaz. Vitoria being reduced to 10 men from an expulsion from Abdel Moumin. And then uh, Porto eventually uh, taking a, a go-ahead goal from Eva Nielsen. So Porto still remained atop the league uh, with 32 points, um, level-on points with Sporting and just one point ahead of Benfica. What did you make of this performance from, from Porto's standpoint?
1: I would say that until the red card turned to Mumin. Uh, it was a really, really uh, nice match to see. Uh, lots of uh, lo- lots of, of chances from both sides, um, opportunities attacking football. Vittoria showing that the team lacks consistency uh, defensively. Concedes a lot, but obviously up front they have uh, some very, very good players. Rochina, Edwards, obviously the midfielder with Handel. Uh, André Almeida and Javier uh, also was very good when they had the ball. So for uh, 50 minutes, it was a very, very nice uh, match um, to see. And I believe that apart, obviously, from the red card from to uh, Moomin, really, really important moment was the equalizer from Luis Diaz, just two or three minutes after um, that one nil by uh, Marcus Edwards. And it was another moment that uh, that shows uh, how the main man of this uh, league is being uh, Luis Diaz, the player from Colombia. Uh, he's he's absolutely uh, unstoppable. Uh, the goal was amazing. He also um, started um, the, uh, the, uh, the, one, the the to end the uh, Evanilson's goal once more. Uh, his his runs his ability to 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 create was amazing uh not only the goals that, he, that he scoring, he's scoring is obviously the top scorer of the league right now but also everything that he creates uh, he's deciding almost every match is for porto uh, he's the man of the league uh right now and uh if he performs like like this uh until may we might we might believe that Porto um, is the favorite team at uh, Green and obviously that Luis Diaz will not stay uh, for another season in in, in in Portuguese football because what he's doing is is just amazing.
0: Absolutely, once again, Victoria's defensive issues, which we've spoken a lot about on the pod, coming in and hurting them. But Luis Diaz is he the best player in Portugal right now for you?
1: Well, he's being the best player in this league. And yes, I would say he's the best player in Portugal right now. If we, if uh, if our criteria to decide is uh, recent performances uh, plus talent plus the capacity to have an impact uh, on every single match, is this regularity, yes, I I would say yes. Obviously, it's always difficult to. Uh, to say these things, obviously there are uh, Pedro González is an amazing player. Pablo Sarabia um, is a starter from Spanish national team. Uh, Coates is playing really, really well. We have players like Kafa uh, in in but yet, I believe that um, if we uh, if we mix, uh, all the criteria that we could have, uh, he's the main man in uh, Portuguese football and I believe that uh, Copa America played a really important role here because came with different uh different self-confidence and yes it just, it's just doesn't play right now teams can't stop him and yes if you if you think in all the matches in the Premier League this year I mean you uh, you think about the, the classical in Alvalade when he scored the equalizer you think about yesterday that when Porto was having some troubles uh, he scores. you think about Santa Clara two weeks ago that he scored two goals uh, against Passos, they only win one and he scores one goal um, against Maritimo they uh, have a draw 1-1 in Madeira but he scores also the goal that, he, that, that gave Porto one point in the opening day of the season against Lunas. I think that the first goal of that victory was also um, was, was also he uh, who uh, who scored. And in the Champions League as well, the, in the victory against AC Milan, he scores the winner. Uh, he scored the only goal of the, uh, Porto in uh, the match in Giuseppe Meaza. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not only uh, the chances, the, the the pieces of magic and skill that he produces is this capacity to have direct impact in almost every single match of the season.
0: Absolutely. Just real quick, though, before we move on to the other games, Evan Nielsen, you know, picking up a crucial goal. Um, Evan Nielsen, you know, was Porto's fourth-choice striker last season.
1: He, he He played a lot in the... In Porto, Payne, the uh, right. side.
0: which is to be expected, you know, for a young player coming from Fluminense. Um, Musa Marega's departure to Al Hilal definitely opened up the doors, but it was Tony Martinez at the uh, start of the season um, playing alongside Meritaremi. Some questions, you know, whether Conceição, Sergio Sergey would switch to a one-man, uh, a, a one-striker formation. He's sticking with his four four two though, uh, and with Evan Nielsen playing alongside Mediteremi in that four four two. Um, talk to me about Evan Nielsen's campaign, though. How, how surprised? How impressed with you? Have have, have you been with uh, Evan Nielsen's form? And uh, why do you feel that he's he's become so such an important part of this Porto side?
1: Well, Sergio uh, Conceição in his. Um idea of football he uh loves to play with two 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 strikers uh um, to press better to have um to be aggressive um against the um the the opposite defenses uh and um, in that way you uh, you he, he will always give uh, opportunities for two players up front this season obviously meditaremi would be one of the, one of those two men uh, as you just said, Tony Martinez started this season playing. He scored a couple of goals, but Evan Nielsen is a player of, I would say, another dimension and also a player that fits better what uh, Conceito went because um, he uh, makes runs uh, in behind the uh, opposite lines. He has physicality. Uh, he uh, He's also uh, as a striker uh, with a good kick capacity of produce good headers. uh, He's not a great, I would say, he's not a great goal scorer. He's not a top finisher, but he's scoring scoring goals, I think, six goals already in this season, which is quite good. And yes, uh, his movements are also good for the team with his uh, his capacity to, to be really aggressive, and um, yes, I believe that it makes sense uh, for what Conceição wants having a striker like Evan Nielsen, even if Aremi is playing sometimes uh, more um, in not not the position of the center center forward, like more in the lines, uh, and also dropping uh, dropping closer to the midfield lines, and the, obviously the player from Iran. He's not scoring uh, that much amount of goals recently, but Eva Van Nielsen is performing well. And I also think that was what we expected when uh, Porto signed him. And last year, it was a bit strange that he played so many uh, games for uh, Porto P, because even when he played for uh, Porto last year, he showed that he was a player that uh, could perform at the level of the, the, the team. And this is what we are seeing uh, this year in the first weeks of the season. He uh, played really, really, uh, not have too many uh, opportunities, but his match against Interense in the in do Portugal uh, when he played in the starting eleven and scored two goals. This was like a month and a half ago in these six or seven weeks. Uh, he's uh, scoring goals and uh, playing almost in every single match. And he, um, uh, yes, and I think that right now, he's one of the starters in wow. Conceição's
0: Yeah, Sunday's action, though, kicking off with an interesting bottom half clash between Maricimo and de Ferreira, And big news for Maricimo, the, the Madeira club, after four consecutive losses, has saw them uh, lose to Varzim in the Testa de Portugal and lose to Victoria de Guimaraes, uh, Gil Vicente, and Pontella. Julio Velasquez is out as Manichimo manager. You know, it does seem like Velasquez is more of the, I would say, the firefighter type, you know, type of guy who's going to do, do his best in relegation fights, but maybe not the best kind of guy to build a long term project. And uh, Marichimo deciding to part ways with them and bring in Vasco Ciabra as manager. So Marichimo taking on Vasco Chivera at the Estadio de Papeiros and uh, defeating Vasco Chivera two nothing via goals from Diaderic Joel Tagel and Stefano Del Gra. So I think that Marichimo. They had perhaps developed some somewhat of a reputation under under Julio Velasquez as you know a a team that's going to be difficult to play against. That will typically, shall we say, park the bus, try to hit on the counter. And I think that we saw some somewhat different, a a a slightly different performance against Paso's nearly fifty percent possession for uh, the hosts and uh, picking up a deserved two nothing victory. Um, vehicles from from Tegeo and Stefano Beltram. Uh, overall, though, what what is your expectations for Vasco Ciabre's appointment at Maritimo? Um, do you feel that this is the right step for him in his career? And, and, and how do you expect Siabra to change things around at Maritimo?
1: Well, Maritimo is a difficult club at the moment because for some years, they always were the first. Uh, they were always fighting uh, to get in European places. But in the last few years, they are more like in the relegation uh, battle um, than in those top positions. Um, yes, I believe that with Julio Velázquez, the team was difficult to play against. And um, it's not. Uh, it's important to remember that when the Spaniards. Came. Uh, they were uh, bottom of the league, and he had a really strong impact in the last final in the final games of last season. He avoid uh, relegation, uh, making that as you just said difficult team to beat. But this season was uh difficult the team wasn't played well, and it was and a, a managerial change was needed. Uh, and Vasco Stiabra's appointment came also in a moment when the club changed changes president. Um, uh, Carlos Pereira was the longest-serving president in Portuguese football, apart, obviously, from Pinto de Costa. But uh, he, was, he was president for, I guess, 21 or 22 years, but he lost the uh, elections to another uh, president. And so that also uh, brings uh, a new... Um, I would say uh, something different and something unknown to the football club Uh, right now the first decision of the new president was taking Velasquez and the point Vasco Siabra I believe that this spot of Maritim is not amazing the roster is not amazing Uh, but uh, I trust Vasco Siabra's work I believe that he's a a really good manager a young manager I like that he has a job in Premier League I think that the Liga is is better uh, with him, uh, but it will it not it will not be an easy job for sure. Um, but I believe that um, uh, both Vasco Ciabra and uh, this maritime group of group of players have the capacity to avoid relegation, which is a goal that is away from what maritime used uh, used as for. 10 or 15 years from mid 90s until 2015, more or less. But it's the, it's the realistic expectation that is just avoiding um, relegation. And it's not realistic to expect that this Maritimo team will compete with Praga and Vittoria, even Portimonense, for a place in uh, European football um, next season. Absolutely.
0: Match Day Well, so kicking off. With uh, Morrinch facing off against Gil Vicente. Uh, Morrench opening the scoring just after halftime Yeah, penalty uh, from Jan Santos. Uh, Gil Vicente taking the lead the goals from Samuel Lino and Fran Navajo. And then uh, Stephen Vitoria, the Canadian veteran, with a phenomenal free kick goal. In the 96th minute, snatch a draw for Motranch, who, uh, despite their emotional equalizer, are still in the relegation zone with with nine points. Uh, currently in the relegation playoff spot, ahead of Benedita and Son, Santa Clara. Um, obviously, you know we talked about this a lot, but but it's you can be, you know, top half in Portugal and in the relegation zone. Two days later. I mean, that's just how just how thick you know this league is. Uh, inch currently with nine points, Sent in eight, with only fourteen, so five points separating them. You know, not not much at all. But uh, I'm curious, what what has been your expectation? What what, what have you made of Modern inch this season? You know, I feel like they have been a team that have uh, kind of become accustomed to finishing in the top half. You know, finishing seventh last season, eighth the season before that, sixth before that. Um, you know, what 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 do you think has gone wrong so far for inch to the point where they are, uh, you know, currently fighting relegation this season?
1: Yes, I mean, they lack consistency basically because they don't win in the league since September, since winning against the But um, when you see them against Sporting some weeks ago uh, against Vitoria uh they won the, the cup match uh you you see that uh, here you have a, a a good side you have a, a good group uh of of, um, of 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 players uh i i wouldn't be really able to say what is going wrong uh but i mean they have a re- really good match in, in joy Riggs and obviously yeah, uh, everybody that follows Portuguese football knows that uh, Felipe Soares Fabio Pacheco, uh, abu Conte, uh, Ian Porto obviously are uh, a group of players better than, uh, uh, the, than, than the, um, the league positions that that they have at the moment, which is that playoff spot um, in the in the table. Uh, I I wouldn't be able to say really what is going wrong, but I think that they they are lacking consistency and maybe a bit of luck. Because if if you see uh, they are losing for close uh, margins or matches that they could win um, and they draw or they could draw and, uh, and lose. Uh, Andre Luigi is scoring some important goals for for them that also avoid that the situation would be uh, worse, but I believe that in, in the long term the the, the team will uh, improve because with this group of players and also the, uh, the knowledge and the experience that some of these players, like for example Steven uh, Vitoria or Pacheco have of the first league uh, I wouldn't imagine that in April or May uh, Murerense um, will be I think to avoid relegation, even uh, that as you said in this league, if you lose or win three matches in a, in a row, you go from relegation battle to uh, Europa League contender. So it's really uh, hard to uh, predict anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the following match after Modern Inch against descent saw uh, uh take on Portimonense. Malikao entering the match after a decent run of form, really their first uh, promising run of form um this season. Beating Alverca in the Taça de Portugal, uh destroying Boavista five-two, Um but facing off against Porto Monench, who have been one of the biggest revelations of the season uh at home, playing 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 Porto Monch in in the uh, municipal stadium and uh, conceding a, a goal early on to Porto Monancho via really one of one of the most I would say one of the most hilarious own goals I've seen uh, from Alexander Netba, young promising <laughs> defender who uh, I believe came from Benfica's academy That's and yes. recently called up to the Portuguese U21 side. I've been impressed with him but uh, a real boneheaded play and, and just kind of heading it past Luis Jr. and into his own goal. <laughs> um, definitely check it out. It is, it is funny. Um, it, it is a bit of a funny own goal. And uh, Portimanensh grabbing second goal before halftime from Carlinhos and uh, securing a 3 nothing victory via Ailton Boat-Mort. So Portimanensh currently fifth in the league obviously still got estoril and Braga to play and Braga can surpass them with a win. Um, but I think it's, I think it's safe to say that those two teams, estoril and Portimanec have been the two biggest revelations of this campaign so far. Um, Portimanec know that they've lost their attacking talisman, uh, Beto and on deadline day to Udinese and yet, uh, Really, just keep on churning out some very impressive results, uh, especially away from home. I'm not sure how many clubs can can say that they have had a better record away from home than Fortuna Inch. Um, you know, we've seen them take some very impressive results. Obviously, uh, beating uh, Benfica, at the Estadio de Luz, for I believe the first time in club history, uh, getting some really impressive results. This is another one. Ah uh, this win against the Malikao um I'm curious what do you think have been the biggest reasons behind uh behind Paulo Sergio's success at the Algarve club
1: well, I um, believe that um the the main reason is a quite uh, simple one i I would say is the quality of uh, the players i mean if you look at uh uh, you see, obviously, uh, Carlinhos, bristol Nakajima, uh, Everton, so lots of players that are uh, at a level that is in 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 theory above of the club level, and this is the consequence of the investment that the owners of the club do, uh, of the deals that they 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 can do, the way that they can bring players, lots lot of them, as you say, at the beginning with some connections with with Porto. And uh, in the past few, few seasons, to be honest, I think that lots of people expected this to happen. I mean, I remember uh, some years ago when Porto Minenzi had a team that already had Fabricio and Nakajima, but also with players like the battle, like Manefa. In that moment, like 2018, 2019, in that moment, we already expected Tottenham to give uh, this um, this step forward, but the team always lacked like the consistency to perform uh, at this level. The, that consistency seems to have been found uh, this season. Uh, they don't concede goals in the last three matches. Uh, they are really, really strong, as you said, away from home. They won in Belooz. Now um, this victory against uh, Famalicão, and I believe it's just the quality of the players. They are really, really good football players, and that's what is making them uh, win uh, matches. And um, I don't know if they will finish in uh, European places because uh, it's not easy. Because for sure, the the um, the first four places will be. Sporting Braga and ticket so there are not lot of tickets for European football next season and obviously Vitoria uh, is a main main contender in, in that uh, in that fight uh, but yes I believe they are performing well and this is really really important also for the career of Paul Sergio Paul Sergio 12 or 13 years ago uh, earned some reputation with a good work in Paso de Feira he also had a good job in vitoria uh, that um, gave him the sporting job in 2010 but in sporting he, he was really really poor and then he was also poor in clubs like academica and that um made him lose some of uh, of his uh, i would say some of the hype that he gained in the beginning of his career but now with um these performances of he is regaining uh, some of his, um, I would say, uh, uh, some of his hype and, uh, and some of his, um, he's being uh, again uh, better rated, to say so, in uh, uh, Portuguese football. And who knows that if, if uh, this Pertimenzi side keeps with the good results, that he will be given again uh, a job. In a in a, in a bigger uh, club in Portuguese football.
0: Yeah, very very impressive uh, work from Paulo Sergio. So obviously we have still got two matches coming up: Benfica and Santa Braga Vizela. We have not talked about uh, Arucas match against Boavista though. Aruca, you know, newly promoted side who have been uh, you know widely tipped for relegation. Uh, facing off against Boavista, getting an early goal from Odai Tafag. Uh, Boavista equalizing um, from Itar Musa. And yet, Aruka taking a 2-1 victory via an extra time goal um, from Anthony Alves Santos. Uh, scoring a massive goal, coming on um, as a substitute uh, and then scoring a, a- Crucial goal for them. Uh, so you know, Boavista, who had a fairly good start to the season uh, under under Joao Pedro Souza, um, currently reeling in form. They obviously just lost five two to Famalicão. Before that, they had lost four one to Porto, um, and now losing two one to Aruca, who are currently ninth um, with. Thirteen points from twelve games. Obviously, you know, in, in Portugal, you can be ninth one day and fifteenth uh, the next. You know, that's just how how it is. But um, how impressed have you been with Aruca? Do you, do you feel that they are going to be uh, able to stay up? Um, and have have there been any surprising aspects, uh, either good or bad? For their form under Armando Evangelista,
1: regarding Aroca, yes. Well, I believe that you you mentioned it probably uh, in the the path of the beginning of the season. Aroca uh, was mainly the, or the main or one of the two main um, contenders, our favorite to get relegated, alongside with also newly promoted Pizarra but they are performing really, really well. I mean, uh, 13 points after 12 matches is a really uh, good amount of points, and um, I would say that it's fair to uh, to highlight uh, uh, this Palestinian striker Odai Tabak, uh, that was pretty unknown until uh, coming to um, to Aroka, uh, this uh, striker that I believe that last year or last season was the top scorer in Kuwait or Bahrain. I'm not sure in which of these countries. I guess it was Kuwait. Um, But uh, yes, he's uh, performing well. Uh, He he had a huge impact on this match, with the goal and and, the assist. He also scored against Sporting. And he has a really good impact because he has a good physical capacity. He is really aggressive in his moves. And he gives some energy and another dimension to uh, this Aroca's attack. And he's been one of the key men for the good form of the, the team from Serra da Freita. Um, and yes, I believe it's a really, really good start of the of the season for Aroca. And let, let's see if they keep with this pace, because it will not be easy to avoid relegation, but for, for now, Almost in, in December, I think that it's been a really impressive team, and on the other hand, is really, really, he's you know, suffering a lot uh, right now, and uh, the team, I think in the past six league matches, they won one point, so we know that that team is not really um, an example of stability, and um, João Pedro is, so the job might be in um, risk at the moment.
0: Yeah, Boavista currently eleventh and and you know another a very uh, worrying result against Aruca. They have got uh they are they're gonna end up they're going to play against uh Vasco Seattle's Marichmo on Saturday. And, it...
1: and and then sporting and then Braga in the league, cup, so yeah. it's not an easy schedule
0: for them. You know, are are you worried at all that uh, perhaps some of those backroom, off the field financial issues uh, that that we've been hearing a lot about from Gerard Lopez's management? Uh, are you worried that that is um, causing a a negative, toxic energy in the dressing room? You know, it seems like this is a club that is being strung out very thin in terms of finances. Um, you know, how, how concerned are you that that faulty uh, infrastructure is, is going to you know, potentially I don't know, I I comparing them with Avch from a few seasons ago is is probably a bit extreme as we know that Avsh were going through something a bit more serious with, with unpaid wages um and whatnot and obviously ended up getting relegated. But uh how what what do you feel are the biggest concerns if you're if you're a Borussia supporter?
1: Well, there would be a lot. I mean, first and most important would be stop this bad uh, run of results because uh, the team right now has no confidence and yeah. is suffers a lot to win points, yeah. can't win matches, and that would be. The most important thing right now would be starting winning matches uh, to prevent the team to uh, go into uh, relegation uh, places. And on a, uh, looking at the big bigger picture, uh, I think that the club lacks stability, uh, lots of financial issues. Uh, we knew it was probably last season, the, or this summer. The problems with their financial uh, situation; they uh, could only register players uh, in the final weeks of the windows for that financial uh, problems. Uh, The the owner and big investor of the the club, and the former owner of uh, of Lille, Gerard Lopez, uh, was in Porto three or four weeks ago. He said that he had put from his pocket something like. Uh, 15 million euros Um, but the situation is not not good both in the financial uh, side in the, I would say, the institutional uh, aspect of the club and obviously uh, in a a sporting way, last season was already really, really difficult with the team only um, only uh, guaranteeing Um, that they would not be relegated in the final day of the season winning against Gil Vicente with a penalty and this season the situation doesn't seem uh, amazing they had some good results in August and September that gave them uh, the possibility for now not being in relegation uh, places but the recent form is really really poor and they need to improve if they don't want get in the same kind of trouble than um, last season.
0: Absolutely. Without any further ado, though, we're going to uh, wrap up this episode with our Town of the Week section. Um, so, I was... I've, I've, I, Looking at my Town of the Week, I was a bit 50-50 between uh, two players, one player who is playing abroad, another player who is playing in Portugal. Um... And so one player who I would just want to give a brief honorable mention to is Bruma, uh, born in Guinea-Bissau, but uh, has played for the Portuguese national team before. Obviously, uh, started up in Sporting's Academy then had some time in, in Galatasaray, Sport, Real Sociedad, Leipzig. Uh, spent uh, last season on loan at Olympiakos, but now uh, doing fairly well. At PSV Eindhoven, uh, reported a brace on November 2nd against Fortuna Sittard. following match scored goal against Bethes. the following match scored against Storm Graz in a 2-0 victory. Um, and picking up an assist in a 1-1 draw against Kirenvin. Um So I, I definitely think that uh, I'm very glad to see Bruma uh, picking up some, some consistency in the Netherlands. Uh do you think there's any chance we might see a recall to the national team for Bruno?
1: Well, um, right now I would say that the the, the biggest problem for uh Bruma is the level of attacking players that um Portugal has, I mean, right now, um gaining a, uh, or earning a spot uh, in Fernando Santos choice, uh, it's really difficult because I mean you have if you think about the attacking position. Uh, apart from Ronaldo or André Silva that are center strikers to say so Jota Guedes Felix Pedro Gonçalves Rafa Rafael Leão not easy it's not easy and for example uh, in October uh, Gonçalves uh, was out on the list for example uh, so that's tells you and shows how difficult it is to, mm, to gain a spot right now in the Portuguese uh, national team. Um, he, I know that uh, we know that Fernando and like Bruma, uh, he called him uh, sometimes in the past, uh, but it's difficult for the level of players that there are uh, available for uh, Fernando Santos. If he keeps playing like that, He will obviously be in that group of uh, 35 players that Fernando says that have uh, before uh, the lists, Um, but it's difficult for the quality of the wingers that uh, Portugal have. Uh, But really, really, it's good news that Ruma is playing at this level because he was um, he was considered when he was when he was like. Eighteen or nineteen years old uh, he was uh, rated as the best talent of his uh, generation maybe the uh, maybe his career wasn't didn't have the best choices possible um but he keeps being a really really good uh player and it's good to see him performing uh, on this level in a, in an important club like. UPS. <laughs>
0: about a player who has not had best uh, choices who has not made the best choices available i think probably one of the players with the uh, whose whose talent has been uh the most inverted the most opposite to to his career decisions has been Shoya Nakajima mm-hmm. um, you know one of the most exciting players I've watched in Portugal over the past few years obviously remember had that phenomenal uh, Season in in twenty eighteen and um and in twenty nineteen playing for for uh you know heading to Al Duhail um after that and 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 um you know going to you know ditching ditching Europe and going to Qatar uh you know taking that big paycheck so and, and then just a few months after that going to Porto, um which you know did not really I would say did not really uh produce the revival that some may have thought. Uh, it was always just a bad fit between him and Sergio Poncesao, uh Nakajima, then going to going back to the Middle East with Al Ain on loan and and then returning to Porto Morhenge on loan uh in in the summer. Uh so you know, it took, it took a while to to get going, but made his made his return um, on October 24th against Estorio uh and but and, and scoring his first goal in, in the Primera Liga in, I believe, about uh, three years um, against Don and Saad on, on a, his, his first goal for Porto Mnuch in, in, in quite a while. Um, uh, on November 6th against Don um and picking up an assist, a phenomenal assist uh, for uh, Carlinho's goal against Kamali Um So, you know, a player who has not made the best decisions in his career, I would argue, um, but who is showing just how magical he can be. Um, for this uh, Paulo Sergio side, we have talked about there are a lot of interesting players in that Portimonense team, Fali Conde Wilson um, Buan Mort, um, Pedro Saab, but it's so great to see Nakajima playing regular football again.
1: Yeah, he's an as you said, he's an amazing talent. Uh he was amazing in his, in his first spell at Portimonense, he was like a cult player. He was really, really fun to see him when he arrived. He arrived pretty as an un- unknown player, uh, despite already um, uh, he played in the Olympics in Rio, so he was not an unknown player, but he, um, barely anyone knew him in Portugal, and yet he had an instant impact in his first month at Portimonense. was always called for uh, better clubs, uh, but eventually... Went to Qatar, then in Porto, it was obviously that he wouldn't play under Conceição because he's not the kind of player that Conceição likes. But uh, it's really, really good to see him playing again and uh, with a smile uh, on, uh, on his face. He's not an easy character. Um, there are some stories about him. He needs a certain context to produce his football. But uh, it's amazing to see a player with such delicate technique, uh, so smooth, um, uh, a player capable of producing uh, things. And yeah, it's a bit great. It's just great that he's playing again at a good level. And I hope that he can uh, continue with this level for the rest of the season.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a talent of the week that you want to mention? Sorry, sorry, I
1: couldn't. Uh, understand. Do you,
0: do you have a town of the week you want to mention, or do you want to just wrap up with uh, Bruma Nakajima?
1: <laughs> I I really liked uh, your uh, your choices. Uh, I was obviously it would be really mainstream uh, to say uh, Luis Diaz, but I I, I could I couldn't say um, uh, Odai Dagab, the uh, aroga striker that we mentioned uh before he's just twenty two years old it's not usual to see a player from Palestina um uh, playing at uh, a good level so I would say and also as a um uh, uh, uh to highlight the the good the good season of the uh
0: Marouk. absolutely Pedro thank you so much again uh for the fantastic podcast Thank you for everybody for tuning in uh we will have more regular the Leanish podcast. So definitely make sure to check that out.
1: Thank you. Thank you.